What is up, everybody? Welcome to the underground. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Marvel side, DC side, everything in between. I would love to welcome you to Pop Culture Underground. Unforgiving takes, passionate opinions on all things pop culture. Guys, welcome to the official episode one. And and we're actually doing this a little bit early, believe it or not, because I had originally planned episode one to be centered around DC fandom. But then, Batfleck returns, stormed the nation, took Twitter by surprise, news hit the wire in a big, big way, and I could not lay down and wait one more day to talk about this. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Now, if you're coming back over from episode zero... I want to welcome you back. I want to thank you very much. And if you guys did not listen to episode zero, episode zero tells you why you should listen to Pop Culture Underground. And at the very end, I actually give a little hot take on the future of movies. Uh, But that's not why you want to go listen to that one. You want to go listen to that one to see what this show is going to be all about. Now, I am going to touch up on a little bit of this in this episode, but not nearly as much as I did in episode zero, which is quote unquote the trailer of Pop Culture Underground. But once again, welcome, welcome, welcome to Pop C Underground. All right, guys, let's overview this episode. Today's topics on episode number one. What a better way than to start off a podcast episode than talking about Batfleck returning and Michael Keaton's Batman coming back as well. Well, we had had rumors about that, but now it's been confirmed. We're going to get into all that in a big way on our first segment this episode with DC Weekly. We are also going to be following up with Marvel Weekly, talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Would have premiered today, could have premiered today. What is going on with the MCU? We're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Third, Pop C Weekly. Going to be talking about Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War officially being announced with the reveal coming next week. Very excited by that one. And we're going to look ahead at the episodes to come. All right, very quickly, before we jump into DC Weekly here, give you some quick details of this show. So this show is a one-stop shop for all things pop culture. News, TV and film, video games, stark raving opinions, passionate, open-minded, unforgiving takes. 30 to 45 minute regular episodes. Okay, trying to do two a week, going to move to three if I can keep this thing going. I want this to be a full-time thing. You know, I mean, on Twitter, I post all day long and a lot of times I'm posting all this stuff and I'm just, I'm talking about it, I'm talking about it, but no one's listening. So yeah, I want to get more episodes out than this, but we're going to start with two a week and see how that goes. We're also going to be doing spoil it episodes. So like I mentioned in episode zero, on this show, we are not going to be spoiling anything in the regular episodes. All spoilers will be saved for spoil it episodes. They will always be firstly titled spoil it. So you will always know if you're going to get spoilers or not. Other than that, no spoilers in any normal episodes. Alright guys, let's go ahead and kick this baby off with DC Weekly! Alright guys, what a way to kick off our very first DC Weekly and our very first Pop Culture Underground episode with Batfleck Returns, baby! Yesterday, news broke that Ben Affleck would actually, officially, be joining the Flash movie and suiting up as the Dark Knight one more time. So rumors have been circulating for a little while now that Ben Affleck might be coming back in a little role, probably in something to do with HBO Max or even the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Maybe he'd be coming back and suiting up one more time. 
Well, those rumors just kind of died out and went to bed when nothing ever came of it. Actually, I, I actually believe that it actually came out that uh, he would not be part of the HBO Max Batman show. Uh, but we, we just kind of lost hope, and it just kind of died away. And uh, guys, he is going to be suiting up one more time. Andy Muschietti spoke with Vanity Fair yesterday and said this right here. Quote, speaking about Ben Affleck's Batman, he says he's the baseline. He is part of that unaltered state before we jump into Barry's adventure. There's a familiarity there. So, guys, what, what do we think about this? Well, when I first saw the news, I initially thought that maybe Ben Affleck would be returning maybe in some more, you know, some more movies other than The Flash. Well, that is not the case. Um, Umberto Gonzalez tweeted yesterday, he went on record saying that Ben Affleck's Batman will not be a part of any other movie or anything in HBO Max. I'm actually happy with this. I think when Matt Reeves took over and cast Pattinson, Robert Pattinson in the role as Batman, I knew they were moving forward with another idea. But what really hurt me was that Ben Affleck's Batman was just being left out in the cold, and we were just, I mean, how are they going to explain this? What were they going to do? So I guess maybe we should have seen all along that they were going to do something to wrap it up. Because let me tell you, Ben Affleck's Batman deserves... It really, really, in my opinion, deserves an outing, an official closing of his chapter. Ben Affleck is my favorite Batman just because of his scenes in BVS. Yeah, I'm dead serious. You guys may hate me for that. A lot of people say Michael Keaton was the best Batman. We'll be getting to Michael Keaton in a minute. But man, the fact that he's coming back makes me so excited that we're going to get an official, actual closing for his Batman. Are they going to pass the torch on to the new Batman in that movie? I don't know. Is Robert Pattinson going to be showing up in this thing as well? Are we going to get three Batmans in one movie? Oh my God, that's a bad orgasm waiting to happen right there. But as it is, I think these two Batmans we got coming up is just as good. I mean, I, I, I can't even contain my excitement over here. I'm sitting here thinking about two Batmans on the screen. Michael Keaton's old man, Bruce. Ben Affleck's Batman. I, I mean, I, I am so pumped. Here, here's the one question I have here, though. Is it going to be normal Batman? Which we already know that he is going to be normal Batman that we've seen in Justice League and BVS because they needed that familiarity there. They needed that that groundwork, so to speak, to build from. Remember, this is Flash's movie. But we needed something that we knew to move on from. So he he's definitely going to be normal Batman to start off with. I know that. But my question is, how is this going to happen? When the Flashpoint happens, when Barry fucks everything up, what are we going to get then? Are we going to get Thomas Wayne Batman? Could Could... Ben Affleck potentially be playing that? Or could that role maybe be taken over by Keaton's Batman as Old Man Bruce? Maybe you just get an older Batman in this new timeline where he's been fighting crime for even longer. And maybe he's, you know, gone a little dark, gone a little sidious. And then Barry maybe has to bring in another Batman from another universe because they did confirm that there will be alternate universe versions of these characters. So we do know that's coming. But man, I am so excited to see how this plays out. And back to the Michael Keaton part. So Michael Keaton had been rumored for this for a long time. We didn't get any really official for sures that Michael Keaton was going to be in this thing. I mean, we all kind of knew he was going to be. But now, he, he's definitely going to be in this one as well. So I want to go on and tell you a little bit more that director Andy Muschietti said about all this. So talking about Ben Affleck and The Flash and Michael Keaton's Batman, he said, quote, He's a very substantial part of the emotional impact of the movie. Talking about Affleck's Batman. Don't want to get confused on the two Batmans here. Uh, back to quote. 
The interaction and relationship between Barry and Affleck's Wayne will bring an emotional level that we haven't seen before. It's Barry's movie. It's Barry's story. But their characters are more related than we think. They both lost their mothers to murder, and that's one of the emotional vessels of the movie. That's where the Affleck Batman kicks in. That is awesome to hear. That Because look, the chemistry between Ezra Miller's Flash and Ben Affleck's Batman and Justice League, as much as you may not like that movie... It was really good. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie was the interactions between them two. So to build off of that more is really good. I'm still not necessarily, if you don't know, I'm not really okay with Ezra Miller's Flash, especially with some of the interactions, we'll say, that Ezra Miller has had in the public here recently uh, that's really shed some dark light on maybe his personality and him as a person. Uh, he seems just absolutely insane. I am baffled. I'm I'm actually kind of baffled by the fact that Warner Brothers wants to continue working with him. Uh, I, then again, he's a big name. I mean, he's a big part of a few of their franchises. But man, uh, as time goes on, it just seems like Ezra Miller is becoming less and less likable. I mean, he's trending on Twitter in all the wrong ways. But maybe he can redeem himself here. Maybe he can redeem himself here. I don't know. Ben Affleck's definitely going to be helping him. That's for sure. But for these two characters in this new Flash movie to kind of be molded together in the same ground that they both lost their parents to murder, that's big. That's really big. And the more I hear about this movie and the more he talks about these things, Andy Muschietti, I mean the director, I am getting more and more excited for this. Now, Affleck's casting comes on the heels of the news that Keaton who played the Cape Crusader in Batman and Batman Returns for director Tim Burton 30 years ago, will also be back for one more round as Bruce Wayne as part of the film's exploration of the multiverse. So there's that right there. We, we already figured that he was going to be coming in from other from another alternate universe because how else would there be two Batmans in this universe that we're going to... Because so we're going to be starting off in the DCEU as we know it, which actually isn't that great because we don't really know the... <laughs> The, uh, the whole outlook of the actual DCEU. We do know they want to focus on more single stories that don't connect, but man, we really don't know what they're doing with the DCEU at this point. But he does say, Andy Muschietti does say that Michael Keaton is set to have a substantial role in the film. So it's not just going to be a cameo, it seems like. He's actually going to be part of this whole big intertwining net that they're casting here for this movie. Now, he also goes on to say, This movie is a bit of a hinge in the sense that it presents a story that implies a unified universe, where all the cinematic iterations that we've seen before are valid, Muschietti said. It's inclusive in the sense that it is saying all that you've seen exists, and everything that you will see exists in the same unified multiverse. Guys, I think what he's saying here is everything we see with DC Live Action is all in the same multiverse. I'm talking CW. I'm talking Swamp Thing. I'm talking Stargirl, Black Lightning, Michael Keaton's Batman, Justice League, Shazam, Aqua. All of them are all in this giant multiverse. That's what I think he's saying here. And I think we actually should have seen the stepping stones being laid here when we saw what they did with Crisis on Infinite Earths, where they brought so many different versions and so many actors from the past, they brought them back. I think maybe we should have seen, hey, people love that. Warner Brothers and CW saw that people absolutely go nuts over that stuff. Why not do it on the big screen? That is like the one thing that Marvel hasn't necessarily done yet. And yes, they they did, they 
tweaked with it, or sorry, they messed with it a little bit with Endgame when you had two Caps fighting each other, and then you have the Loki, and, and you have um, Gamora from another universe. But that's another timeline. They haven't gone into a multiverse type thing yet. And DC looks like they're going to be the first one to do it. I guess that depends if Doctor Strange and the uh, Multiverse of Madness comes out first. If I'm saying that title right, I'm not a big fan of that title. But uh, a big fan of the movie. Big fan of the Doctor Strange movie and what that movie could be. But that's one thing the MCU has not done yet, and DC can beat them to it. DC is doing all the right things right now. I think they got Fandom coming out, which is going to be tomorrow, which, oh my goodness, I cannot wait for. But that's huge. Marvel has nothing like that going on. We have heard nothing from them. And we're going to get more into more of that in Marvel Weekly, of course. But DC looks like they're finally bringing things together. Now, remember, things can always change. Always, always, always. But I think after this, we know for sure that we're going to get these two Batmans in this Flash movie. Another crazy thing about this is Ben Affleck literally just agreed to do this earlier this week. So it was just a few days before the announcement came from Muschietti. So I think they'd been working on it for a while. However, Muschietti did say, and the other filmmakers of The Flash, they said that they were surprised by Ben Affleck's enthusiasm to return as Batman. Let's talk about that for a second. I think Ben Affleck obviously did lose his mojo towards the end of the Snyderverse type thing. Because here's the thing, Ben Affleck was promised a lot of things. And I think he was stretched way too far, way too thin, way too fast. And, you know, he got back into drinking and a few of his other movies didn't do so well. That were part of his deal with Warner Brothers that he was excited about. And I think he just kind of lost his passion for it. But now that Warner Brothers is seeing the light and they brought Snyder back and they seem to be course correcting here, I think Affleck was enthused to play Batman all along. I mean, I really do. I just think all of the politics of filmmaking in Hollywood all got to him. And and maybe this pandemic scenario created an opening for him to actually come back in. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure all the details about that. But I do think Affleck has always been up for playing Batman. I just think he got tired of all the bullshit from Warner Brothers. And who can blame him? Look at what Justice League... Tur- Sorry, Justice Frankenstein League turned out to be... The more I watch that movie, the more I hate it. The more I can't stand it. And oh my god, I cannot wait for the Snyder Cut. I, I'm just getting so excited about it. For for anything... I mean, shit. I, I don't care if the movie is is not as good as a lot of people are making it out to be. I just want a different version of Justice League. I just want to see that continued vision play out a little bit. And who knows, if it does well enough on HBO Max, they could give him something else to maybe tie up his Snyderverse or potentially bring him back on to continue it in the DCEU as a whole. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think they owe Snyder a little bit because when you really look at the behind the scenes on what happened with Justice League, how he got fired off of it, I'm saying fired off of it. I believe he truly got fired off of it. It's bullshit. You got the Ray Fisher allegations, you got the Joss Whedon stuff, and while I love Joss Whedon's work, shame on him for some of the things that he said. It's the allegations levied against him, they're just too many. I just shame on Joss Whedon. I was so excited for him to come in and take over Justice League, and man, he he just shit all over it. I mean, shit, when we reviewed the movie at first on the Supercast, my old podcast, I feel like we gave a really well-balanced review, and we were very open-minded with it, and we were very fair with it. I honestly kind of want to go back to that review and just trample all over it because, God, there is some bad, bad stuff in Justice League. It's really, 
really unfortunate. But let's talk more about Ben Affleck's Batman. So his role in the movie was revealed by Andy Muschietti, which we just talked about a little bit, to be much more larger than just a cameo. So the overall takeaway from his role in this movie, in my opinion, is we're going to start off in the normal DCEU with Barry and Affleck. Now, they're probably going to have been kept in touch since Justice League. They're probably going to reveal that. They've probably even maybe been fighting crime a little bit. Maybe Batman's been training Flash a little bit. Remember, Flash didn't really know much in Justice League. He was brand new to this. And if you remember in Justice League... Batman also taught him how to become a hero in that one. Told him a little bit. Remember that line of, you know, you can't save a bunch, just try to save one, and then try to save another one. And, you know, that was a little cool part of that movie. But let's bring that over and set that as the baseline for Flashpoint. I'm just going to start calling it Flashpoint. So we're going to look at these two together. In my opinion, this is my guess. They're going to be fighting crime together. Affleck's Batman's probably going to be training him. Something between these two emotional cores is going to ignite. Something is going to happen. They're probably going to be dropping hints throughout the first act of the film about their two mothers and how they both died. Don't even get me into the two moms thing again, but that's looking like what we're going to get here. Looks like Batman's mom has uh, more in common with just Superman. It looks like she got a little bit in common with Flash as well. Uh, Maybe we can get a, you know, Martha! No, no, I'm not even going to go there. But we're going to get this emotional core of these two together. They're going to be best buds. He's going to be training him. Something's going to happen that's going to ignite that spark within Barry about his mother. And he's going to go back in time to save his mom. As you all know, part of the Flashpoint story. He goes back in time to save his mom. He saves her. He comes back. He realizes... Things are much different. Way, way, I mean, you got Aquaman and Wonder Woman at war. I, I, that's not going to be in this movie, I would imagine. Maybe. Maybe we'll get alternate versions of them. Like they they said, there will be alternate versions of DC characters. That would be cool to see. We'll have to talk about that more as more news comes out. But he's probably going to come back in this movie. He's probably going to come back from saving his mom. And you're going to get Keaton's old man, Bruce. He's going to be the Batman there. Does that mean that Ben Affleck's Batman is then done? Possibly, possibly, or could you get another alternate universe Batman coming in? Could Barry maybe quickly go back and try to fix it real quick and then realizes he can't, and then he brought in another one? Wouldn't it be cool if he changes time, comes back, tries to go find Bruce, because he's like, man, I messed everything, what do I do? And Bruce is Michael Keaton's Batman, old man Bruce, and he doesn't even know him. That would be really cool. So then Barry freaks out, and he's got no mentor to go to now. So now he's got to try to go back in time again to fix it. Let's say he does go back in time. Somehow he fixes it. He comes back, and there you got Ben Affleck playing F-U-Up Punisher-style Batman. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. All right, just one more thing about this before we got to move on. Uh, Ben Affleck coming back as Batman in this movie will not affect Pattinson's movie. That's been talked about by numerous news outlets. Once again, things can always change, but I'm still... Very much looking forward to Matt Reeves' Batman and Robert Pattinson as Batman. I got to get behind that Batman, that flat nose that he's got. I don't know. I got to see more about it. I I can't cast judgment too early. Uh, They did reveal the Batman logo, which I do like. Now, the the new bat symbol, I kind of still need to get behind. But I think that bat symbol, as has been talked about and rumored many times before, is going to have much more significance to it than maybe we think or even know. But we'll have to see. So so maybe after you go and see the movie, that bat symbol will be a lot more, uh, I don't want to say prominent, but more, 
significant, right? I mean, maybe it'll be much more significant, but I am still very, very excited to see Matt Reeves' Batman. But boy, oh boy, am I pumped that now we've got three Batmans in the DCEU. What a time to be a Batman. What a time to be a Batman. All right, I'm going to continue posting all kinds of stuff about this on Twitter as news comes out, and of course, we will talk about it more in more episodes. In the meantime, let's head on over to Marvel Weekly. Alright guys, welcome to Marvel Weekly, and as you know, if you are a news follower like me, it has been slim, slim, slim pickings for Marvel news. I mean, one of the things I thought about bringing in a Marvel Weekly this week was a MODOK being revealed in the new Avengers game. Don't even get me started on that new Avengers game, by the way. I was so pumped for that game. Then the beta came out. It was just okay. The problem with the beta being just okay is that this game is going to be littered with microtransactions. I mean, there was a promotion for you to sign up with Verizon to get a special maroon and white... I, I, what? I, it just blow, I, Man, it is so stupid. Look, you need to give them different suits that have different abilities. You cannot just reskin and reskin and reskin and charge the hell out of it because that is what they're doing with that game. But rabbit hole averted let's get right back to what we were going to be talking about here slim pickings for marvel news so the only thing i got for you in marvel weekly this week that i thought was worth even bringing up was the fact that the falcon and the winter soldier could have premiered today could have premiered this month would have premiered this month probably would have been today on disney plus but everything sucks so we're not getting everything we want right now i have no idea about the state of anything in the MCU right now. I have a much better feel about the state of the DCEU than the MCU right now. Whoever thought you'd be hearing someone say that, right? It's insane. It's insane to even think about, but they have been so quiet about everything. Are they going to keep shifting? I mean, I talked about this a little bit on episode zero, okay? Guys, they're going to have to start releasing these movies on streaming services. A problem that you run into with this whole scenario with the MCU is that the MCU is so interconnected and it is always flowing. It's fluid. It's always moving. News is always coming out. Movies are always coming out. You're always getting new content. You're always getting updates to the stories. Guys, I think some people are going to lose interest here. I think they've already lost a lot of interest for Black Widow because she doesn't even have anything to do with the future of the MCU that we know of. Of course, we haven't seen the movie. They're Definitely could be things throughout. There probably are things throughout there that will affect the future of the MCU. But after all of this time, we're going to want any superhero movie, right? So Black Widow is still probably going to knock it out of the park, but they have to put it on Disney+. Plus. They have to at least put it out in theaters and Disney+. Plus. They cannot just do a theater run. It's not going to work. I don't think so. I don't think people feel safe enough to go out to the theaters. Guys, I have a family. I have two boys. One's two. One's eight. No way in hell am I taking them to a movie theater right now. I mean, I might take them if everyone's sitting like 12 seats apart or if we get the whole theater to ourselves. Other than that, I'm just not risking it. My wife is pregnant. I got my third kid on the way. I do not want to risk her getting sick, passing it on to the baby, my boys getting sick. I'm just not doing it. I'm just not doing it. And listen, I am not the only one with that opinion. I promise you half of the people that were moviegoers probably will not be going to the movies. Most people, they they did a study, most people go to the movie theaters one time a month, right? 
that's probably going to get cut down to one time every three or six months with this pandemic going on. Until there's a virus, or excuse me, (laughs) we got the virus, right? The virus is here. Uh, Until there's a vaccine, I just don't think you're going to see it. And I don't even think you're going to see it right when a vaccine comes out because we need time for the vaccine to work. We need time for uh, herd immunity to take place, if that's even possible. We need time for most people that could be carrying it, could be affected by it, that for that to be a zero percentage possibility. And I don't know that that's going to happen any time in the near future. And I'm talking any time in the next five years. That may sound crazy, but guys, this is the new normal as far as we know for as long as we know. I don't think you should be expecting any return to normalcy in any aspect anytime soon. Anytime soon. It's really unfortunate. Even if we get a vaccine, by, well, I'm not a doctor. I can't talk about this stuff. Just my main point is movie theaters are not going to be filling up like they used to be. And that is very unfortunate for a lot of people that love to go to the movies. But if you did listen to the Supercast, me, Joe, and David, all three hosts on that show, we always talked about how movie theaters were going to die anyways. A lot of things were going to die. And what coronavirus did was it accelerated those things. And I think the time of the movie theater is dead. I truly believe it is. Look, studios are going to try and try and try to get those theater releases. They like the opening weekend. They like the big premiere events. They love the trailers they can throw out there, even though they can throw trailers out everywhere now. But my point is they love the whole marketing aspect of the movie theater release. They get so much money on that first weekend because of all the hype and all the buildup. But I think they can get not the same amount of money, but very, very close to the same amount of profits if they put it out on streaming services. And even if they charge you an arm and a leg to watch it, even if you already have the streaming service, I think what they should do is offer a premier streaming service for like $60 a month where you get to watch all those movies for free along with the rest of the streaming service, right? I think that's what they should do because people will not be able to afford to pay 30 to $40 for every movie premiere movie that comes out that would have been in theaters otherwise, right? I mean, shit, it was hard enough to do it anyways. I mean, shit, you would go to the movie theater and spend $100 if you had three or four kids, but that was one time. You wouldn't go for all of them, so you're not going to buy all of these movies anyways. But my point here is that if they do release these movies, and they're about $30 to $40 to watch it on streaming, they are going to make so much more profit because you cut out all the middlemen, every single one of them you get 100% of that profit. Your marketing does not have to be as heavy because you can do most of your marketing on the streaming service, which you already own. You can do that. The rest of your marketing can, I mean, you don't even have to do commercials. You could probably just do online marketing. And of course you'd want to do commercials too. But my point is your overhead is so much lower. You are getting so much more profit. So even if you're not making the big numbers that you would in the theater, you could potentially see the same amount of profit or very, very close. And they got to do something. They have got to be injected with cash, these studios, because they have had nothing, nothing, as we both know, nothing at all. So they've got to get that out. So Falcon and Winter Soldier, state of the MCU. I have no idea what's going on with it. I would love to say, I think Black Widow's coming out very soon, but I think they're going to maybe wait a little bit longer and see if they can't get that theater release. But I, guys, I don't think they're going to get it. So, I believe the future of the MCU solely, solely rests on Disney+. Plus. I truly do believe that. I think you are going to see shifts in the movies. 
I think Doctor Strange and all that probably isn't gonna, probably is going to have another year added to its release date, just like everything else. Now, Shang-Chi looks really good. If you saw the set thing, Grace Randolph did an awesome uh, set photo uh, review thing she does on her show. That was really, really good. That set looks awesome. Looks like they're going to contain it all to one set. So, does that mean we're going to get more CGI and stuff because they're not going to want to be going all around the world to different on-location shoots? Probably so, but CGI is enough advanced now. And excuse me, I'm already losing my voice. I have not done this in a while. (laughs) But the future of the MCU is just a big, giant question mark. I do think we will be getting Falcon and Winter Soldier soon because most of that was already filmed, if not all of it. And uh, I do believe we will be getting... WandaVision soon too and by soon I mean this year I I do think we're going to get at least one of those two shows this year I'm not sure which one's going to come first at this point you would think it would be Falcon and Winter Soldier but I think maybe WandaVision was maybe more complete than that one was I I don't know they don't give out a lot of details on these things they like to keep everything under wraps but guys I'm going to keep looking I'm going to keep investigating we will talk about it as we go on next up here Pop C Weekly Alright, in Pop C Weekly, Pop Culture Weekly, this week, we have got the official reveal for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Now, this actually leaked on a Doritos package uh, not too long ago. I believe it was Doritos, maybe it was Mountain Dew. I I don't know, those are the two that are always leaking video game stuff. (laughs) But it was revealed on a package, like normal these days, uh, that the, the title would be Black Ops Cold War. Now, if you guys know me, I'm a big gamer, I'm a big Call of Duty gamer, I play Call of Duty every single day. I loved the Modern Warfare reboot. I loved World War II. I hated Black Ops 4. Did not like Black Ops 4. If you remember, that was the first game in the whole series that did not have a campaign, and boy, people were pissed about it. They have confirmed a campaign for this new game, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Now, it will therefore be set, uh, according to the name, sorry, it would therefore be set in the early 1960s, early 1970s, much like the first Black Ops game that came out in 2010. Treyarch is handling development duties this time, as we all know. This could be a reboot of sorts for Black Ops as well. Black Ops is probably their most well-known, well-marketed name, and I'm imagining that's why they wanted to keep it in the title, uh, or else I think it would probably be Call of Duty Cold War. But the reveal's coming next week after they've been leaving breadcrumbs for weeks. Breadcrumbs that have really, really been irritating me. I mean, they put out three, maybe it was four, teaser videos that were 20 minutes long that were just clips of history, stuff in history. And it kept telling you that you, you got to know your history. And it kept messing with the, messing with you and uh, uh, YouTuber Noah J. I can't remember the numbers for sure. I apologize. He solved it along with a lot of other people and with a lot of their friends and a lot of their community. They had to solve this thing. They received crates that were locked. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago, maybe three. Let me look. I'm not going to look into it. I don't have enough time on this episode. But they got these crates that were going to be the new Call of Duty 2020 reveal, right? Finally, they got the code to unlock them like three or four days after they got them in the mail. And then they got a projector. They played the projector slides. It was kind of boring, if you ask me. The whole thing was really boring, in my opinion. But what was really cool 
was it was a new way to reveal something. It was a new way to make the community and fans work for it, which I thought was really cool because you saw a lot of cooperation there. It was really neat watching those guys have to solve this stuff, and it was not easy. I mean, they had to overlay images over each other. They had to uh, swipe out numbers for words, words for numbers. I mean, it was like a whole freaking math equation. It was nuts. I don't think I ever could have done it, but they did it. Together, they put their minds together, and they did it. What did they get from that? A reveal that a trailer would be coming a week later. Now, some of you may say Call of Duty could have just freaking dropped that. They could have just dropped a few teasers. But what they did got a lot of publicity. And that was probably their goal right there. Now, you remember, Activision did say not too long ago that Warzone, the popularity of Warzone, forced them to rethink the way that they revealed things. And it looks like... They're going to reveal the new trailer next week on Wednesday, August 26th within Warzone. They said the trailer would be in Verdansk on October or on August 26th. Verdansk, Verdansk is the map in Warzone that we all play in. If you play Warzone, I love Warzone. I play it every day. It's the greatest battle royale ever created, in my opinion. And I am not a big fan of battle royale games at all. I don't like Fortnite. I didn't even really like Blackout, which was Black Ops 4's uh, Battle Royale. I liked it at first. When it first came out, I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome. I just felt like the stuff they did to it after that kind of ruined it for me, and it got kind of stale, and I just didn't like it anymore. With Warzone, you got little side missions you can do within the Battle Royale. You can still level up weapons. I I think it's great. I think it's awesome. And Warzone will be a part of Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. How are they going to do it? Are they just going to update the guns in the map, and are they going to keep the same file, just update it, like you don't have to download a new game? Is it going to be free-to-play as well? Because if you don't know, Warzone's free-to-play. It's separate from Call of Duty. Now, all of your progression all takes place between Modern Warfare and Warzone. Is that going to be the case in Black Ops Cold War as well? I'm not sure, but boy, 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 am I excited for the new trailer next week, because we have been waiting on it. Alright guys, that is it for the uh, the big three segments that I got for you on this very first episode. Once again, I want to thank you guys so much for checking this show out. I have got a lot of things planned for it. I'm going to start slow. you got to learn to walk before you run. But I eventually plan on running my ass off just like the Flash in the Flash movie coming up. Hopefully I just, you know, won't go back in time and, you know, save my mom from dying even though she never died. So maybe I'd have to kill her. To make that, I I don't know, I don't know, crazy, crazy talk there, crazy talk there. But that's what you get with this show, right? That is what you get. But that's it, I I just want to thank you guys so much, and those were the big three things. Guys, this weekend's a big one, let's look ahead. DC Fandom. We're going to be getting stuff about the new Batman movie. We're going to be getting stuff about the new Suicide Squad movie. We're going to be getting stuff about Wonder Woman 84. Finally, a little bit extra, that movie should have been out by now. They cannot keep delaying that movie. But we're going to get more from that. We're going to get all kinds of stuff tomorrow and next month. If you did not know, they ended up splitting it into two events. The second part will take place on September 12th, and it will be everything besides the big-time movies. They went ahead and moved the Flash, the the TV show Flash panel, into Hall of H, so you're going to get two Flash panels uh, on Saturday, so that's exciting if you're a Flash fan. And a, a lot of Batman news is coming. I think a lot of big things are about to go down at DC Fandom. And boy, oh boy, are we starved, DC. Feed us, feed us, feed us, feed us. And they're going to be feeding us for 24 hours straight tomorrow. I believe all the panels are going to play three separate times. I believe it's eight hours, and then eight hours, and then another eight hours. Make sure you get on that stuff. But if you don't, 
I will be covering it, all of it, right here on Pop Culture Underground. Guys, thank you so much. Please go check out my Twitter at twitter.com slash at popcunderground. Check me out on Facebook at facebook.com slash at popcunderground. And if you want to send in an email to let me know what you think of the show, what you think of some of the topics I talked about, some ideas that you have, or you just want the, something read on the air, send it to popcunderground at gmail.com. We have more stuff coming. A website is in the works. Don't know when it'll be up quite yet, but it is in the works. It'll probably be bare bones at first, but it will be there. We are now up on most platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, uh, getting up on Pandora. We are already up on TuneIn. We're up on Radio Public. We're up everywhere you can think of. However, if there is a platform that you use and you do not see this show on there, please let me know and I will get it submitted to there. Also, guys, I need reviews. I had a brand new show. I got zero reviews. Please get on there and leave a review. Leave a five-star review if you love it. Leave a one-star if you don't. I will accept either one gladly. I really, really will. I promise you. (laughs) I love either one. So please go on there and review the show. Guys, just thanks again for checking this out. And uh, watch out for that DC Fandom episode coming this weekend. Later. Later.